You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to our critical commentary watch-along podcast, where we watch Riverdale and tear it to shreds with love. (laughs) The true function of a fan, in my opinion, tearing things to shreds with love. Um, we are in two separate locations today. I'm in my usual spot. We're recording. I'm recording here from the uh, unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. And Ryan is on holiday. I'm on okay, holiday. Family visits. <laughs> uh, in Treaty 6 territory is the, is the relevant detail. Um, yeah. So we're back on into the high school drama stories and the racial tensions of america in the 50s in a fresh and exciting unexpected way Um, yeah it's interesting as we were yeah as we were um rolling up to the farm i was like oh that's sort of weird that they have uh had all of this focus on anti-black racism and they're not going to have any conversations maybe about racism towards asian americans and then i was wrong they did um so uh please Riverdale didn't ignore that weirdly but um yeah it I thought it was a really great episode and uh I thought that uh Melton did some wonderful acting also yes yes um lots of meat for ready to chew on which was a delight um presented as more than just this uh this foil or villain um very much and how he stepped into the the friend group um for the first time i had fun with everyone having crushes on everyone else it it was just such a mess um that i was entertained properly um i like usually love triangles suck this wasn't a love triangle this was a lust polycule at first (laughs) glance that's a good way of putting it i was i was curious to see what is going on with Reggie not being a hundred percent sold on Betty because she likes to take her clothes off for Archie. Like I just thought it was mm. on sort of, I, I really empathize mm-hmm. with Betty sort of trying to be cool and be herself. And the, the guy doesn't pick it up. Like I really, I really empathize yeah, with yeah. that moment. I really enjoyed that. We got Veronica and Betty both being very sexually aggressive very um open and pursuing what they want but also do <laughs> veronica doing so in several other complicated ways that they yeah that the was, yeah that was a weird that was a weird thing you know what i've just realized riverdale gang is i still have my fan on which is probably very irritating for you to listen to so i'm gonna go turn mm-hmm. it off so you don't have to listen to that it's very warm. It's very warm here in Vancouver, uncharacteristically so for the end of May. And turns out you can get used to anything. Um, the Happy thing spring, that, summer apocalypse. Ooh. Um, <laughs> thing that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Veronica's choice to like find out if Clay was gay by hitting on him was weird. <laughs> that wasn't for me. <laughs> I'm not remotely sold that that's what she was doing. I think that was saving face. Um, but oh, I feel like oh, Veronica okay. in this episode and in, in, in recent episodes has um, 
parroted some classisms and parroted some biases and some some power some power dynamic stuff that was that was the 50s that is still still now relevant but um like matt like she's a bit of a madman character sometimes and i like that coming out of the cult where she grew up uh it makes sense that to me that she would have absorbed certain gender biases um that are different from the gender biases in riverdale she can own the babylonium but she's not aware of power dynamics that is really interesting i i still am really stuck on her owning the babylonium because i think for the most part this time around riverdale is going for as close to realism as they're going to get a little like the first season. And so, uh, yeah, teenager owning a movie theater. I I just don't know, (laughs) but we're here. This is what we've got. Yes. It's the most ridiculous thing we've, we've received so far. I mean, and I say that with the, the murder milkman lurking in the background. Um, I just, it's, it's a big, big Veronica character statement yeah it's a it's one of their boldest moves outside of the usual domain of teenagerness that they've restricted themselves to so far but um also clay has literary criticism short stories and like clay the the high schooler wants an outlet for his literary criticism and as much as i want that to be a thing that's that's like these are some intelligent high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it rings true for me. I thought I knew everything when I was a teenager and definitely mm. wrote to that effect. And I didn't. Mm. And it's embarrassing to look back at some of that writing now. Um, right. So I believe that I believe that these characters, some of these characters are writing literary theory in their spare time. I believe mm. that. Um not to project or anything. Um, uh, Tabitha's back. That was nice Tabitha's to see. Back and and, and like back and engaging immediately with our a plots. Yeah, and I also liked. Um, I I feel like we haven't seen too many girl nerds on this show. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen Ethel, but Ethel doesn't get a ton of screen mm-hmm. time. And so it was nice to have Tabitha come back and, I don't know, be in glasses, be interested in science fiction. Uh, that really yes. appealed to me. That Read was really across nice. all genres. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed the 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 light check-in with the, um, the Emmett Till plot. Um, I enjoyed that we're... Um, and this is still part of the wide reality of, of this world. We're not moving on from it. Um, but we're putting Tabitha in a place to be back on our screens now that we've established our cast and dynamics and period a little bit more soundly, I think. Yeah. Like bringing bringing Reggie in, bringing Tabitha in this episode, like the the eight episodes in, we're starting to grow the cast back out again. Yes, uh, totally. I'm, yeah, I'm curious to, I'm just, I'm just curious. We're getting close to the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. And I keep Mm -hmm. being like, when are you going to get weird, Riverdale? 
When's it going to happen? And we haven't quite gotten there yet. I know there's a murder, but for Riverdale, that's that's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, it, it's an understated weird so far. Um, they're yeah, they're they're trickling it. They're trickling the creepy man and the milkman doing the murder, and letting it go unseen, uncaught, unaddressed. Um, mm-hmm. They're neatly tucking their loose ends into a corner for future access. Totally. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. slower. It's slower than I expect for Riverdale. They're I think they're they're spending as much time in this sandbox as, as they can. Uh this mm-hmm. fifty five before we, we crack the nuts and become part of the the seventh season hole again. Um yeah, well, I I'm I'm happy with us living in this premise a little longer. I am too. And it almost seems like the show doesn't want to get weird. And what I mean when I say that is when uh, Tabitha, it was just sort of a feeling I got, I suppose, when Mm -hmm. Tabitha gives Jughead the short story about the comet. Mm -hmm. Um, I went, oh, the comet, you know, and you see Jughead think for a minute, like, oh, weird, and then kind of move on. But it's Mm -hmm. almost like the show doesn't want to go back there you know yeah well they're they're doing they're doing well here they're having fun here um and i appreciate those those nods that tell me we've not forgotten we are part of the whole of this story yeah um maybe that's what i'm getting the the just just hang on hang on stand by we know we know have fun while we're here yeah Fun fact, I'm looking at uh, the Netflix title and there's a typo in it, uh, which I think is unusual for Netflix. Mm. It says chapter 125 and and is spelled S-N-D. And they too are humans, the Netflixians. They too have humans. I'm reminded of the, yeah. I watched Attack of Titan out of order once because Netflix just jumped me to the wrong one. It's very confusing. (laughs) Very confusing. Well, gang, should we get started? I think so. All right. um, Get your Netflix and otherwise videos up, gang, and we will count you in for a unified start together with the Netflix Badoom in three, three, two, two, one. Oh, beautifully timed. Some towns are football towns. Ha ha ha. Some are hockey towns. Twas a football town, but here we are. Twas the night before football town and all through the house. (laughs) Um, Neat. Neat that they changed this. Like, I think part, I, I think no small part of this is, hey, we don't really want to go back to outdoor shoots at a full football field. We've done that to death. There's only so much we can do with that trope and mm-hmm. and look and athletic. athletic. They've milked it. Um, I like that they moved into basketball. But it's interesting that Riverdale's culture would shift in the 50 oh. years between our periods. Um it got me wondering about football and when football became a big deal. Hmm. 
that's true. I, it's, I think, well, hasn't it always been a big deal? Because it that's was so well too. established in the era when I was born. But yeah, what was what was the NFL in the 50s? Unclear. Unclear. Julian continues to to evil up hard as the anti-Archie. Yeah. The anti-Archie. I was actually yeah. a little bit scared of him in this episode, <laughs> especially in this yeah. scene. I was a little like, oh, I don't know if I'd want to meet this person at a dark alley. Yeah. Yeah. This um this episode did a good job of um introducing the dangerous subtle racisms um mm. that are so often lurking. Um I really like that we we delved I all of the things that I was worried they would do without sensitivity around um black racial dynamics. I feel like we've we've come back come back to on um the the asian white racial dynamic of america in this period um i love that we're seeing this integrated team with black and white kids have a separate dimensional conflict to resolve um Mm. with their asian teammates um yeah yeah and tony kind of hints at it here or hints at it at some points talking to Cheryl she's there's a lot of reasons one of the reasons is race that they break up here but there's a lot of intersectional reasons here and things going on in class race culture um and that is also super visible this episode in in the basketball team and uh yeah that's interesting Reggie the farm that's interesting it's a good point Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, it's an interesting thing. I wonder, I wonder what we're going to get from Tony's character about not wanting to go steady or not wanting to, yeah, be monogamous. Basically, like, what does that yeah. mean exactly in this? I mean, certainly not like they can get married. It's not like there's any, mm-hmm. um, uh. The legal structure already excludes them. The legal structure, yeah, which isn't was an interesting time for the queer community, you know. Mm-hmm. And anyway, uh... farm boy Reggie brought me some joy. I, I, I was delighted by this alternate Reggie, um, personality yeah. wise. The, the the gruff, quiet, dashing, um, attractive farm boy from Little Damn Highway that yeah. everyone swoons over. Great clothes, too. All of these men beautifully dressed. This is how I want to dress all the time. Yep. And then, there's yeah, he's just living dimension. with Archie. Yeah, yeah, there's this extra dimension here that I hadn't considered, which is that how's he going to get to school unless he lives in town? You know what I mean? Like I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Stonewall prep was a boarding look- school. Yeah. Yeah. It's Recruitment like means the- changing his life in this dynamic. So there's something I don't understand here. Mm-hmm. Um, is he not eligible because his, 
I understand that he's probably not eligible because the family has Asian family members, but I don't understand mm-hmm. what the law says. I, I believe that it's real. Right. right. Um, I just, yeah. I just don't know I anything about this. Agreed. I don't know those nuances either. Um, uh, exactly when and who was excluded from, uh, from those supports and protections. Um, I, yeah, I know a, a little bit about the disparity of experience between black and white soldiers coming out of World War II. Um, and I can only assume it persisted and the the anti-Asian biases of World War II during the Korean War, during the Vietnamese War, cannot have, um, cannot have been much better. Yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I wasn't clear on... Yeah, I just I just don't yeah. know what the law is, and I'm curious about that. So we'll have to look it up for the next episode. Always delighted to be um, pointed towards a fresh new historical hell of racism by Riverdale. Thanks, team. <laughs> I say that flat, but truthfully. <laughs> it's interesting this scene between, truly, yeah. It's interesting this scene between Betty and her father where he's speaking in euphemisms and he wants yes. her to speak in euphemisms and she's refusing to. Yes, he's so uncomfortable and trying to lead something. Um, the Betty who this this Betty, like I don't know, it's I'm loving this season's Betty more than more and more as she gets yeah. disenfranchised by everything about reality, culture, and gender, and her family. Yeah, she's it's just fun. tearing it all down so nicely. I'm ready for her and Tony to be friends more. I like that. Betty and Tony, ready for the blue yeah. and gold. I like that friendship. So this is... is Lizzo. Is this steam? Are they? I don't know this what this sizzle? is. There's tension. This, um... I mean, this could just be the, yeah, supportive, wonderful best friend. I don't know. I mean, if this feels like. Uh, th- some the friendships that can come up in queer community where there's a little of both, you know, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a like very good and safe and wholesome way. Oh, the dress yeah. on like Tabitha is so fun here. I'm, it's I'm, very like, yeah, it like nods at being not quite grown up, but she's so like the character is so self-possessed that it doesn't quite land that way. I just think it's a fun piece of costuming. Yes, that's yeah, that's exactly it. There's there's a little youthful pink cut to it. And and um, there's something girlish, but we've got this very, very mature, feminine, sharp <laughs> character. <laughs> Sorry. That's fun. She literally says, but I'm a cheerleader. She literally she says, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> they know what they're doing. I didn't catch that the first time. Um, if you yeah. haven't watched that film, gang, it was uh, go go Natasha Lyons uh, in a seminal lesbian love story from the late 90s about a uh, che- lesbian cheerleader sent off to conversion camp and the mm-hmm. queer fam who break her out slash kidnap her. 
This times. is a wonderful dress on Veronica. Also, I wanted to name yes. that the episode passed the DuVernay test by uh, those two black characters having a conversation about something just to do with them and not to do with any of the white characters. Yeah. Um, bar is perhaps low, but uh, they did in fact surpass it. That's why we have bars for bare minimums. Yes. That's true. <laughs> if you're not meeting um, bare minimums of representation, then we're not we're not bothering Ugh. i love how everyone is in love with reggie and i get it <laughs> i love how I cheryl has it. no stakes but she's just going to get in there anyway <laughs> oh yeah she's cheryl is uh, is still in this game socially <laughs> kevin's uh, all like kevin's like looking at archie <laughs> looking at petty and be like it's a little of season one kevin who's like oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, he is enjoying the tea um, and also offering to guide Reggie mm-hmm. impulsively, instantly. Because dang. Um, yeah, this is this is just fun. Um, yeah, we're we're in goofy. Everyone's crushing on everyone flirting space this episode. And it's really fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's cute. They. Yeah acknowledge and use all these power differentials and dynamics that can be very serious and bad but bring it all down to them being dumb teenagers fumbling around confusedly yeah Mm. and reggie's kind of like this is overwhelming i guess at his last school oh no it's co-ed the boarding school's co-ed i forgot is it is it in this period it was co-ed in modern times that's a good question Good yeah. question. I don't know. Probably not in this period, but uh, regardless, um, also, he's not going to school. Major, major mess up here, Jughead. You forgot to send her all her homework. What? That's that's yep. That's she's um, very forgiving of that. She's extremely forgiving for someone who cornered her and honestly, what a uh, just. The, the young heroic dude move to, 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 to swoop in and woo and then get distracted by everything else in his life the next episode. Yeah. I, there's an interesting thing happening here, though, where the Jughead that offered that remembered that he and Tabitha were into each other. So he yes. says something nice to Tabitha, which, like, yes. perks up a crush. And then clearly he's been busy smooching Veronica, so he's, like... And now he's mm-hmm. the jughead who can't remember anything, being like, yeah. "Oh, this great girl's interested in me. Cool." Right, planting the seed, uh, the this the social seeds that past him planted are growing, despite not watering them at all. Yes, <laughs> yes, but but it's yeah. I just think it's interesting. It's like they're almost playing hot potato with this crush. Anyway, they're both holding the potato mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. It seems so. That's nice. Like one potato shared. The reason I didn't really buy that uh, Veronica, the reason mm-hmm. I found this weird was that Veronica was so upfront about knowing queer people in the first or second episode. I think it was the first one. Mm-hmm. And she's not just coming out and asking Clay and Kevin. Right. Like, it's just weird. It's just weird. I, I found this little plot weird. So taking taking her at her word that she is trying to essentially out them to herself with this scheme, 
my read the first time through was uh, she is actually flirting, but okay, but taking her at her, at her word. Um, she also comes from from a place and culture where no one would ever ask. It would I be so dangerous and rude to ask someone. Um, and she knows where she lives now, I think, fairly acutely. Um, yeah. Fairly condescendingly. Um, so, like, I'd buy it. I'd buy that this is how she would feel she would she has to go about um, making that connection, even if she made assumptions. Um, Dilton just pops up wonderfully here, and I love that they remember that they've cast an Asian actor, that they deal with him being a nerd, that there's... There's a, there's a bunch of intersectional things going on with Dilton's inclusion and exclusion in this episode that yeah. add quite a dimension um, without needing to, to harp on it. Yeah, it's also interesting that Reggie guessed that Dilton's probably pretty good at basketball. He's just not given any choices to be part of it. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, Often there's, you know, actually what it reminds me of, obviously the intersectionality is a little different here. There's a great video of um, uh, a ball girl Mm -hmm. catching um, uh, a ball that was going to go out. And she basically climbs the wall um, (laughs) and just catches it and then jogs over and hands it to one of the outfielders. And real casual, like. Yeah, and it's because she's a great baseball player, and this is the only job she's given. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought I, I thought of that when they asked Dilson to play. Um, yeah, the, my well, assumption he clear- was he's probably pretty yeah. okay at basketball, and they they just aren't going to give him a chance. He also is gonna, choosing to be the water boy. Him. Yeah, but like I don't think he has to do all of this stuff, does he? Like, I might be confused about the manager position or the water boy position having not done the. No, no, I mean thing, like but... he's he's probably pretty good at basketball, and like no one's going to take mm-hmm. him seriously. That that's more Ye- what I mean. Yes, I'm not saying that they've ne- even necessarily pe- seen him play. It's just like why would you be the water boy of a basketball team if you didn't like basketball or didn't yes, play? That, well? You know what I that, mean? Exactly. Why is he choosing to be there? Why yeah. is, is this just the close he, closest he's been able to get to playing? Because um, he's yeah. doing their laundry right now, and that's not fun. <laughs> that's pretty nasty, a job. Archie is just so... The thing that's so fun about this character is he really believes everybody can get along. Yeah. There's... um The puppy dog, Innocence, plays somehow so much better than season one Archie who was um, already not remotely naive or innocent. Mm, Yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's that this Archie has just been more sheltered, um, but Archie more than maybe more than, more than, more than Veronica, certainly more than Betty is coming from a, a, an exaggerated protected version of himself compared to season one. Mm-hmm. Is this something that cheerleaders were, is this real? 
Do we know if this is I real? I have no idea. I have never heard of this, but it kind of tracks, I guess. I also I'm, love that she pairs herself mm-hmm. with her brother so to probably to annoy him <laughs> and also so she doesn't have to be paired with a dude because she's not into dudes. Brilliant. Yep. Well done. It's an all-around win for everyone but Julian, which is exactly what we want. Yes. <laughs> I can envision her help being um, limited. <laughs> also, I kind of want to read the fan, the like non-smutty fanfic where Tony is like Archie's buddy and Archie's like mm-hmm. just bakes his own cookies and kind of ends up baking them for her because A, he feels guilty and B, he f- she wouldn't do that <laughs> yes actually no that's a great point tony and archie would be a great buddy buddy dynamic if only they didn't immediately have her quit the, the vixens because we would have archie saying why oh my gosh what thank you sure but this you don't have to and tony's well yeah no i know i don't have to <laughs> yeah and also i don't really want to so maybe you do it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah tony you tony help me archie, with my homework <laughs> They're, they're a fun character chemistry from past seasons that we haven't gotten very often, but once in a while, like I'm thinking of the time, the time skip reintroduction, there was a lot of Tony and Archie gathering the gang, uh, hearkening back I to. I guess that's true, yeah. It's um, a lovely ensemble. Um, it's a lovely ensemble, and I am remembering that again as they carefully rotate uh, around their, their subset casts this season. So many lovely, um, lovely match matches of actor and personality to play with. Yeah, this I love the stuff between them. They knew this was a fan favorite. This relationships, and it was I like the way they brought it back. Yeah, right. Well, they've cut through so much of the um, complicated, possibly unhealthy, possibly. Um, messy backstory with this reset. Those characters had a complicated go. The story is messy in Riverdale. Um, but this this rather wholesome reset to 16, um, I feel like we're seeing a Cheryl and a Tony who, despite clearly st- being, who are figuring all of this out, are doing so with such patient, loving, mature um, everything. Like, it's such a sweet romance that they're figuring yeah. out with so little totally. baggage only yeah, only the baggage of homophobia and uh, an interracial uh, relationship only that <laughs> yeah no <problem. laughs> um I, I just wanted to flag quickly i loved how clueless jughead was here he's like oh, i'm just gonna yes. take a girl to the movies and order from the girl i used to be seeing and i'm gonna order everything and uh that won't be weird Yep, and nothing right. for her. <laughs> it it was yeah. a good Jughead nod. It was a good when they remember that Jug to to make Jughead kind of a pig, just eating pig, not brood pig, just eating, just eat it all. And yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to eat it all? I also, and of course, I enjoyed the fake uh, uh, candy names there. There was a buccaneer instead of a musketeer, I assume. Yes. And... The- skit scats instead of kit cats they it's like the writing room took the whole list down and said we're gonna have them say all of this we like these (laughs) yeah 
I love that like pained look Clay gives Kevin like ah, I don't yeah. know what to do. Mm-hmm. 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 Betty and Reggie. Another set of characters who I can't recall the last time I've... I've... Yeah. I I don't think Um, they've ever romance matched like like this. Um, Certainly not. I love a Betty who is flirting with, with Reggie. Like a circumstance that brings that about naturally for these characters because it hasn't existed before. I love how this is so beyond anything Reggie has ever dealt with. Like this doesn't feel. (laughs) He's trying to sort of size Betty up and he's overwhelmed with what he hears. And Mm -hmm. Betty's trying this interesting tack with, just getting to know somebody is like, well, there's all these rumors about me and I'm not particularly ashamed of anything. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell you what happened. Yes. I thought it was it's- cool. I don't like Reggie's response, but I I also, I think, probably would be overwhelmed he- hearing it, maybe? I don't know. I probably would have tried to pretend I was cool and just been like, oh yeah, that's neat <laughs> if I was Reggie. Right. And we have a Reggie know. who is who is very past any pretending um, in a way that you know, takes all of our, the rest of our ensemble off guard. Um, Reggie's guardedness. Um, I like that he also recognizes that, oh, you and Archie are a thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's that mm-hmm. rather than the, the, the forwardness. Well, it does. We don't go in much for flashing panties and peep shows in Duck Creek. Yeah, he does shut it down. Which is, yeah, yeah. I oh Betty, oh I'm sorry, pal. You didn't oh. do anything to be ashamed of. He just wasn't. You ready. shot a good <laughs> shot. You shot a very good shot. Yeah. I enjoyed um the bright yellow on Archie because he's trying to be a beam of sunshine. Yes. Anyway, that's not what you were going to say. Um, The slow building tension with Reggie this whole episode, as we are given reason after reason, uh, mainly tied to racism, layered on with classism, um, for him to be protecting himself as he does throughout this whole episode. Um, And he cracks a little and opens a little bit of a door for Archie specifically. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's reasonable progress. Um, it's reasonable individual social progress and healing for the size of an episode. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm distracted again by... Uh, yeah, just sort of like the return of the nerd a bit to this show. We've got a nerdy yeah. Jughead. Jughead was always nerdy. Uh, yeah. Tabitha's like amped a little more academic clay clearly very academic um mm-hmm. just he's an artsy boy yeah and i think that our like nerd representation usually on television is like sheldon which is fine people love sheldon i don't i've never really interacted with that show but i yeah. these these characters feel real to me which is nice yes yes um they are not defined by their um, special interests, which is one of uh, like, which is a, a narrow down stereotype um, for for nerdery. They have 
wide and varied interests, but they're just people with slightly variant fashions. Did the term preppy come from preparing to go to university? Prep? I would like someone yeah. who belonged at prep school. I that that would track. I don't know, yeah. but that makes sense. Prep school being the being still a common term. Yeah. You're dressed yes. you're dressed up nice for the for the good school where they're gonna teach you the advanced Latin. Oh man, I totally would have been a preppy. <laughs> yes. <Ugh>. yes. <laughs> Ryan's like, yes, yes he would have. I, I was a preppy regardless of the amount of theater kid I tried to lay on. The preppy. Yeah. <laughs> Assertive so, women. No, he's not attracted to any women. And he so gets nobody... back to saying it. And you, you're a friend of Dorothy. Yeah. Even she can't say friends. it. <laughs> Dreamy flutterbums. What the heck is a flutterbum? They use it twice hope. this episode. They what? use it twice. What a nightmare of a word. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Just We're all over it. the place with the with the slang. What is a good what is a bum that flutters? What what is it? Is that twerking? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> uh, See, yes, uh, she she does ask if he's bisexual. She does ask if he's bisexual. But that and might just be hammering. I also the love that she's like, oh, I just love having good looking men around me. Like, I don't know. Yep funny no absolutely the only thing better than the hunky boyfriend i didn't know that about steve mcqueen and dennis hopper i wonder if that's true i'm gonna i'm gonna chew i'm gonna accept veronica gossip as as um way more fast than i ever should (laughs) love dennis hopper in easy rider and i am delighted to hear that he's one of ours that makes me very happy (laughs) So many secret gays. Mm-hmm. So the interaction of local money, class, and sports, not something I understand in any way, shape, or form, except from Riverdale season one and that whole genre that it parodied a lot of the time. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with it either. I don't. I think it sort of plays into the fact that uh, high school sports in the United States kind of funnels a bit into college mm-hmm. sports, which a bit funnels into the Olympics. I, I don't know. Like, it, it yeah. like, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Or funnels into, like, the NFL and the NHL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I really don't know. Right, and Reggie Reggie names it here that there's a scholarship he's gunning for, that there is a reasonable strategic uh, thing to win by playing sports like this. But the the championship that everyone wants to buy, the value of that is, and the value of that to to the mayor. Yeah, I don't Sweet. know. It's, it, yeah, I. It, yeah, I don't get it either. I believe that it could be real, but I don't really get it either. I love yeah. how Archie starts off with, uh, um, oh, huh, the return of bread, so saying a line of racism. Hi, Sean. Uh, that tracks. Get your Hi, money. Sean. 
um, I I believe that uh, Archie's character wouldn't understand that it isn't Reggie who is the problem initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he keeps trying to work on Reggie with Reggie through this episode. But punching yeah. Julian was the answer all along. Yeah. Oh, man. I really... Listen, Charles Melton is doing some fabulous acting in this episode. Yep. He's carrying... Um, he's carrying the emotional reality of the episode wonderfully, while also being... Um, kind of this this teen dreamboat character like yeah charis terribly charismatic to to watch and enjoy um this film i watched uh brendan fraser and matt damon were in a uh racism sports school coming of age movie when they were really? young, reminded of um that in that case it was about uh a, a um a Jewish kid who is good at sports being recruited rather than Asian, uh, someone who's Asian descent. Um, but the, the, the approach of Institute, I wish I could, I wish I could remember the name to recommend it, but, um, Did yeah. Did Brendan go. Fraser play the Jewish student or? Yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, it, there's a scene in I'm harping on it, but there's a, there's lock famous locker room scenes in that film that um, capture mm -hmm. the the vulnerability of the locker room fight and, and racism quite wonderfully. It's, inter it's interesting to me. A lot of scenes in both Sabrina and Riverdale took place in uh, locker rooms. Lots of like either bullying or secrets scenes. Yes. Yes. And. I find that really interesting and I wonder I wonder what that says about the locker room and pop culture psyche. You know what I mean? Like what it what these secret yes. spaces sort of mean. It's 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 so complicated. Um the the role of the locker room in queer identities is this really compli complicated with the role of the locker room in in young masculinity in the social hierarchy um but yeah using it as secret space and vulnerable space because it is the place where you end up naked in front of each other yeah uh p.s this is a uh great set it's a nice Beautiful flowing dressed. one shot through it that takes yeah um school Poor ties Mitch, that's busy the being film. pregnant School Ties is the film I was thinking of. Matt Damon. School Ties. Okay. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. 92. Huh. Yes. Lovely I that... Brendan Fraser was Jewish, but often non-Jews are cast as Jews. Yeah. I am not sure he is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I love that this a friendship uh, slash crush is just sort of devolved into knowing they're being watched and being like, yes, uh, mutually like, aware. Ah, oh, the adults are dumb. <laughs> the adults are still dumb. Yep, the adults are still dumb. Okay, see ya. Bye. Yep, yep, yep. It, it's like it's better than dating as a building tension. Yeah. It's oh, it's yeah. so much better. And then Archie, Archie 
discovers racism once again. Yeah. Oh, man. This horrific outfit on Blossom. Blech. The mm-hmm. plaid pant. Like, oh, it's so terrible. I love it. I love how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. And Penelope counterpoint is freaking fabulous. Yeah. And the so silly. Oh, yeah. The stuff she's wearing is doom. I love it. <laughs> uh, period racism. I once again yeah. like that we um we is use it period racism though is it is it or is this not just I mean I racism. would well I mean I so right. my high school was half white and half uh half Asian and I would say there was definitely a little bit of the like well we've got an Asian person on this team so we're gonna do well mm-hmm. there was a little yeah. bit of the you know, model tokenism. minority kind of stereotype afoot. And yeah. I yeah. I don't I don't know how much has changed and that's a bummer, you know? Yes. Yeah, I it's period in its dressing, aesthetic and words and language. It's not period totally. and it's in the sentiment is unfortunately still timeless. It's interesting that Cheryl overhears this and I wonder what that is supposed to mean. Yes. Well, I, I think um, her her actions to Tony uh, bring bring her a envelope of cash seems to be directly tied to the wow my family are trash. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm like I'm remind I'm reminded of fresh out social justice warrior lesbian um, biker with a bow. Uh, season two three uh a cheryl who chooses a fight and then goes commits deeply with all her resources and i i I hope and i think that is a little bit of what we're seeing emerging um her awareness of her place within these racial politics um being more important and than the her personal wants and needs um and that I think by like, I think we see a Cheryl who is addressing the bigger social problems here, and not just to get her girlfriend back. Yeah, and yeah, in in doing so, becomes a character who is growing in a way that is interesting and relevant, and maybe worthy of Tony sometime. Yeah, I was a little uh, distracted by that scene between uh, Reggie and Veronica and Kevin. Um, yes. Uh, just reflecting a little on the fact that Reggie has a farm upbringing. And if Veronica says something like, well, actually, I own this for someone who would have like a very labor focused existence. I don't think trusting mm-hmm. people who de facto own other people's labor is really going to impress him. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? I loved that shot. Veronica, actually, I, I own it. Um absolutely that's not a good thing (laughs) that's not a good thing for the farm boy um yeah lovely this this flirtatious lovely chatter between two sweet kids that were were were, um is going on behind us um i loved the little moment of uh dubois dubois actually um being one of those rural kids who picked up most things by reading and say a lot of names and words wrong I've said mm-hmm. a lot of names and words wrong. Um, 
but also like that's a mistake i like that's it it it's a a little blip of american history i guess uh, yeah, that that is interesting. Yeah, I also love that Jughead thinks, as I said at the top of the episode, just thinks for a minute, huh, comment. Also, hot dog yeah. is in the background of that shot. Nice detail. Yeah, we love a dog. And Archie is starting to get it, that yeah. there's tensions and problems in the world. Also, I love this just assumption that they're still kind of children in the sense that they have to share a room. Yes. It's reading the duck um, comic. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That's his leisure activity. Duck, that's true. Is the family wholesome wholesome comic. Yep. I love um I, I thought KJ Appa's anger here was really like just the right amount. You know what I mean? Like you can sort of feel the character mm-hmm. really being utterly rageful about what's happening. Yes. Absolutely. Delivers it wonderfully. Um, I've missed that racial slur. Hmm. Banana. Actually, I missed the racial slur, but I thought that um, Archie's character just saw what was happening and was like, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to punch him. (laughs) Right. Which was enough. (laughs) You know, we didn't need to add the racial slur, but we did. He could have been planning that punch for a while, but yeah, it was triggered. Um, the added dimension that KJ Appa, uh, who is himself Samoan, uh, gets mm-hmm. to give give this monologue, um, playing playing a white uh, all American um, icon, is um, yeah, is relevant and layered. Yeah. I thought about that too. I mean, I don't know what that's like, so I don't need to comment on it too much, but it I, yeah. that crossed my mind too while I was watching. Yeah. 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 I wonder where Cheryl got this money. I hope from her dad, and I hope without telling him. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking <laughs> out of his wallet. I'm here for financially punishing racists. Yeah. Especially by secretly having them fund um, uh, black art and literature and culture. Yeah. I I did think that there's some stickiness in this scene in the sense that I hope I hope Tony's character doesn't feel indebted to Cheryl's character. Yes. You, you yes. made this money happen for me, so I'm going to give us a second chance. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I do love the subtle nod to reparations here. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, I feel like that's a conversation that's very fraught for a lot of people. And I, mm-hmm. there was just this very gentle, like, yep, yeah, let's just move the money. Let's just make the money happen. <laughs> yep. Just a casual, uh, casual act of reparations that is just what the Blossoms ought to be doing indefinitely. Yeah. You are just as messed up as any other place. It's Riverdale. We know. Sorry, Archie. It's the seventh season. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Also, everywhere is just as messed up. And it's like, everywhere is 
equally messed up in its own unique ways. No havens. Yeah. I thought this was a good scene. Yes. Just don't expect me to sit with anyone or anything. And he does the, like, 50s man version of a hug by slapping Archie's arm. Bro tap. It's a bro tap. Bro tap. <laughs> and then this, it's been sitting the whole episode and we... I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting that it was made to look like a suicide. Same. I, I was expecting a big old murder. Um, but having this tension um, bubble alone with Jughead is is a great choice i think um they're keeping they're keeping a lid on on this bubbling pot a very riverdale absurd tension murder plot um i feel like it's important to to letting us fully enjoy this this the six the the 50 16 year old reboot yeah Especially um, because the the sense of expectation set by the past six seasons um, of going going zero to a hundred without pausing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good episode. I really don't know where we're going next necessarily. Like, is are we gonna get Sleuth Jughead? Are we gonna get something mm-hmm. else? I'm not sure. I'm really optimistic about the dynamic between Archie and Reggie here. Um, I like, I like imagining them having like life banter and side banter and and processing their plot lines with each other in the future. I, I mm-hmm. hope we see we see them being roommates essentially. Yeah, that would be fun, and mm-hmm. I wonder how much navigation of. Obviously, Mary says, like, oh, that's so awful that the GI Bill doesn't benefit you. But I wonder mm-hmm. if we're going to see Archie and Reggie having to navigate some of Mary and, Mary and Frank's racism, Frank's in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Because Frank know. comfortably stood in a circle with Blossom Dude. And yeah. Frank's in the thick of it. Maybe yeah, Frank will get some in- growth. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like a very interesting very interesting it's not it's actually not all that interesting a very frank uh (laughs) portrayal of people who may not agree with um Mm -hmm. things that the blossoms are saying but is certainly not doing anything about it and is even benefiting from it you know this team that he's coaching is going to do well so right right willing to exploit and play the racism if it benefits you personally yeah um this is also not like an uncommon conflict for teenagers. The wow, my guardians are actually bad in this very specific dynamic and way. Yeah. What do I do with that? Yeah. Especially when it's yep. bad like about other people. There's there's a whole difference between oh hey, my parents are homophobic and I'm gay and my parents are racist and I'm white, but not everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's going to be a season of that for sure. Yes. As you pointed out earlier, we're almost at the halfway point. So like something has to escalate. Yes. You're right. And I wonder if we're just going to get a big ba-boom. Someone's going to remember the future in episode 11. 
which is three episodes away or something. I would be moderately satisfied if they never acknowledged it again and just ended with them going into senior year. <laughs> well, I, oh, so I wonder if that's what's going to happen is that we're mm. going to get at the hiatus, we're going to get a summer. Mm. Maybe. And then going into senior year. Yeah. Oh, no, I meant they... the final, final, final episode. I meant if they just never restore the timeline and every single episode is unapologetically in 1955 from here on out, I wouldn't be too mad. Oh, no, I, I hear you. <laughs> um, I 100% hear you. What I'm wondering is if mm-hmm. they are not going to do that and yeah. if what we're going to get is both final years of high school in this season. Right, and right, right. Midway point is going to be the end of junior year, which is only three episodes from now. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, three way, three episodes in the middle, gang. We will yeah. um, see you next week, I guess. I'm loving this nice, consistent flow of like having eleven episodes without pause. Truly, yeah, I, I yeah, a hiatus? Question mark. I haven't heard anything. It's like, hey, let's get one last run of steady bingeable television before the entirety of the studio system goes on strike. Yeehaw. Yes. <laughs> Support yeah, your local have... WGA and soon hopefully yeah. SAG after a strike. I wonder if they have the back half of the uh, season written or if it, things are going to slow mm. down a little. Yeah, that's cool. We'll see. We'll see. We might have a giant hiatus of several years. <laughs> yeah, I I know that the Duffer brothers have. Uh, I didn't read their statement or anything, but I know that the final season mm-hmm. of Stranger Things is on pause. Um, yeah, and no pressure because it's not like your kids aren't already pushing twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> One's getting married, I think. Anyway. Um, yeah, but all I the more could. pressure on studio heads to ne- negotiate. I'm good too, Truly. Chloe. Let's leave it there and return next right. week. More okay. Riverdale. Ta gang. See you then, Riverdale gang. Bye.